what is going on it is your boy james king aka dougie and we're back again with another episode of a session with dougie the podcast and if you hate your motherfucking job throw your hands in the air one time yes sir i was just waving my hands all crazy what's going on it's been a hot minute but we're back again with another quarantine episode and we are of course alone and i had to put something out man i I can't go too long longer i can't go longer with a week in between podcasts where i don't do anything so we're gonna drop another episode and we're gonna keep it nice and simple uh we used to do a shit ton of top five lists um back when i first started And we're going to do something similar today, but not necessarily a top five. We're just going to do what I've been watching, pretty much what I've been watching on TV. You know, I've been able to work at home, chill, be in the house pretty much all the time now. Not that I already wasn't in the house, but now I've actually had more time, especially because I work from home, to watch TV, catch up on shows. And I've been watching a lot, a lot of new shit and a lot of a lot of stuff that I usually just don't have the time to watch. But now again, now that I'm working from home and just have all this extra time to watch TV, I've been catching up on some very, very, very good shows, been trying out some new documentaries and it's, it's paid off. It's paid off, man. I've had some good ass time so far watching some of this shit, um, discussing some of this stuff with other people. And you know, life is truly, truly crazy. So we're going to talk about some TV and we're going to talk about all the crazy shit that we've been watching. But first, um, just a quick update. I'm still working on the logo. I was going to do the thing where I have you guys vote on different aspects of it. But I am so particular that I would literally make you guys vote for like six months. So I'm just going to kind of fly through it myself and then just drop something at the end. But from what I've seen and those of you who have already saw it, we are stepping up. Um, I remember the very first time that I actually sat down and try to make that logo it took me forever um just trying to use photoshop on my little macbook air trying to figure out how to even just get something into or getting a, a piece of clip art into the canvas and you know even just making it it was so so difficult and now I'm here you know really learning on photoshop like I said I brought my iMac and it's much easier much faster and you know YouTube is a blessing so we are working on something great it looks fabulous and those of you who have already asked for opinions you guys are amazing and you already know what's coming and it's going to be awesome so once i have the new logo um we're gonna walk through some things that we're gonna do after that i'm definitely going to get some new stickers made and maybe try to bless you guys with some stickers somehow some way uh maybe you know send them in a mail do something uh while we're quarantined you know, stick them on your phone, stick them on your laptops. But, you know, I'm always going to try to find a way to give back. And as we're stepping up, I'm going to show appreciation uh, to everyone that has started from day one. Um, it's it's truly amazing to have some support on something that I don't know. It was just an idea. I remember just being at Rutgers. I remember being drunk as shit in Porter one time. Um, Actually, I was just screaming at everyone that I was going to do a podcast. And here we are. Here we are with some fresh equipment, a fresh logo, and we're just going to get ready for legalization and we're going to go up from here. So once again, big thanks to all the supporters. You guys are going to love the new logo. I already love it. Uh, Just, you know, working the kinks out, working the kinks out. 
So another way that I also plan on giving back to the people that support me the most is having some guests back on. And I just I thought about it. I was going to have some people on, but uh, I, I just can't risk it. I'm not I, I just don't. I just can't. You know, my parents are a little bit older. I'm around people that I just don't want to get sick. And it's just best that we pra- practice that social distancing. And there's one thing that is, you know, not distancing socially is smoking a blunt together um not only are you very close but you're also sharing your saliva on the blunt as much as you you know as much as you like to think that you're not you are you, you we all have the wet lippers that try to wet lip the blunt not on purpose i could be one of them sometimes but you know it's just not safe it's just not safe and we're gonna leave it at that but the second this shit is lifted the second we get a little bit of daylight we are going to kick it the fuck up. I'm talking about we're going to have guests. I'm going to have live um, guests. Not, you know, not too live. You know, I don't really have a, you know, a scene for it yet. You know, I got a, a small space here that I'm going to invite some people over and really share the vibe of the podcast. I love having people sit here as much as I love to do it alone. And as, as much as I started alone, I love having an audience. I love having people interact and being able to vibe off the people that are with me. It's a little nerve wracking. Um, it's definitely a little nerve wracking. I've always been one of those people um, that I just I, I don't want to say shy about my shit, but it's definitely a step up to be open and just, you know, being critiqued like that. I remember in high school. Uh, even just taking a paper up to a teacher, just be like, Hey, does this look good? And she would start to read it back out loud. I'd be like, no, please, come on, come on. You can read it in your head. I don't want to hear it. So I don't know. I don't know, but you know, we're going to push through it. It's all about getting out of your comfort zone and you know, I'm already here. So we're going to have some people over and we're definitely going to be pushing for some live shows. And of course you're going to be able to bring your own bud. We're going to smoke this bitch out and we're going to have a great motherfucking time. I got that real DJ vibe voice right now. This is a whole new setup, you know, with the, you know, got the mic in front of me and shit like that with the little mic arm, little setup over here. It got me feeling like a little funk master flex. So excuse me. And we're, we're going to get on with the show. I don't have too, too much time. I'm going to give you guys a decently sized episode, but you know, no one wants to hear me talk for two and a half hours. So I do, I am smoking. I know you guys are probably screaming at your headphones, Dougie, what the fuck are you smoking, what are you smoking, this is a weed podcast, what the fuck are you smoking this episode, um, yeah, so we are gonna be hitting the bowl, I smoked a blunt last time, I gotta start switching it up more, um, on here, and my bowl has really, really, really been holding me down, and you guys know I'm a very, very big fan of glass, um, I told you guys that my bong is currently out of action, the bowl on it actually split, and crack somehow, you know, you fucking blow on these things and they break, but I actually have to go to a smoke shop, which isn't open at the moment to fix that, and yeah, that's just not happening at the moment, so once that's back up, I'm gonna get readjusted with the bong, because even smoking the bowl, it can be a little bit harsh, but, 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 I've gotten better with it, and we're gonna do the same thing with the bong, man, that's my piece, I really do love hitting the bong, it can just be so harsh, and the rips, unless you're constantly practiced, unless you're constantly, constantly up on it, um, it's going to hurt. It's definitely going to hurt most of the time. But, you know, throw some ice in the ice catcher. You know, if you don't have an ice catcher, try using some cold water at the bottom. Cold water always helped um, when I didn't have a bong with an ice catcher. 
and you know it'll take a, a smoother pull and I just want to get right with it so I can take these crazy snaps and crazy insta stories of me ripping ripping the bong um, so we're gonna get back to that the first opportunity I get I'm actually gonna go run out there and get that this is why you have to capitalize people when you have something in mind get it done because you never know when a pandemic is gonna hit and all the stores are gonna close the fuck down so yeah so what have I been watching and it's not it's not going to be, like I said earlier, it's not going to be so much a top five or even if it's five at all. I believe when I was writing this, I dropped one of the episodes. So we're just going to go through this together. And I did. You know what I did? I did drop one of the things I was watching and it's it's going to get an honorable mention. I'm not going to not say it because it is an amazing show. And that show is going to be Dave in Dave with Little Dicky on Hulu. And it's on Fox. But, you know, I watch it on Hulu. It is an amazing show, man. Super funny. It brings up a lot of good good points as far as like, you know, mental illness and just the 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 I don't want to say hypocrisy, but you know, just Lil Dicky is the show is how Lil Dicky raps. Let's put it like that. He's making fun of these uh certain aspects of the game and him trying to break into the game. And it's just so funny. In one of the episodes, he was actually nervous for his per- first performance that was actually going to be at a memorial, like a memorial for a kid. This kid's parents wanted him to perform at a memorial. And it's just a bunch of ironic shit like that, man. It's such a great show. I watch it all the time, or at least for since it's been out. I, I catch every episode every week on Hulu, and it's great. And I've been a little Dicky fan, like... Dickie has been around since he was like making cribs videos on like YouTube and stuff like that. So I've always been a fan. And for those of you who don't know who Lil Dickie is, he did the song with Chris Brown. Uh, I forget the name of the song. I'm going to pause this for a second. Yeah, Freaky Friday. That's what it's called. Freaky Friday, Chris Brown and Lil Dickie. Um, That's where he came from. And the show is basically just about his life and him. I guess trying to get in the game. I guess it's not like a autobiography or whatever, but it works and it's funny as shit. And it has a lot, a lot of um, celebrity appearances. A lot of rappers are in pretty much every single episode. Um, I've seen Young Thug. I've seen Gunna. I've seen YG, Trippy Red. So for that aspect alone, man, the shit is cool as hell. And it's just real funny and brings attention to some, you know, pretty decent things uh, in life. And it's just it's just amazing you guys you guys got to go watch the show we're going to be talking about that more on here for sure dave gets the honorable mention for today's episode so we're going to smack the bowl one time for dave here and i can't find my lighter so i have to use a candle lighter on this so let's get right Now, don't worry. That was just the lighter. I know it sounded like a little cap gun went off in here, but we're straight. And my fucking MacBook Arizona is like fucking last leg. Shit cutting off every two seconds. Anyway, so yeah, Dave with the honorable mention. So the first show that I want to talk about, and I'm going to spend more time on some of these and others, but I just started watching this show, so I'm only about four episodes deep, but I'm already that, that intrigued, I'm already drawn in, I'm already having a good time with it, and I already just 
you know, I fucking love it because it's a whole bunch of aspects in this show that I already fuck with. So we're bringing everything together. And people told me to watch this show before. Um, I've heard about it plenty of times. But again, I'm watching things now that I didn't have the opportunity to watch before. And one of those shows is going to be Fuck That's Delicious. Fuck That's Delicious. And that's a show on Vice, also on Hulu. And that stars my man, Action Bronson. And he goes around with his crew with uh, Mayhem Lauren, Big Body Bez, and Alchemist. And they go around and they just try mad different foods. Like, think diners, drive-ins, and dives for all my Food Network peoples. Again, let's think diners, drive-ins, and dives. Uh, with my boy with the spiky hair. I don't know why I can't fucking think of his name at this point. How can I forget, actually? It's my boy Guy Fieri. My boy Guy Fieri. Um, Diner drives-ins and dives. It's kind of like the same vibe, but like a hip-hop version, updated version, like just a hip, cool version. And they're just going around everywhere, man. I've seen them at ATL. They've been in Miami. Um... I think they went there in Am- they were in Amsterdam in a recent episode I was watching. Like I said, I've only watched four so far and they've already been a pretty good amount of places. And I fuck with Action Bronson heavy. I fuck with his music for sure. But overall, um, he has such a good taste for food and he's always been so active in the culinary uh, community that it's just so dope, man. And it pulls together um his 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 vibes i guess his vibes with his boys like i said with mayhem and big body and they're just all just funny as hell man so they just go around pretty much trying food and they're not only trying food but they're going to different places like they're going to uh you know different farms and stuff like that they're out vibing i mean in one of the episodes big body took us around um one of his one of his hoods it was either Bronx Queens it was one of those you got to excuse me I was listening to it while I was at work but it was definitely in New York somewhere and they were going around showing the neighborhood and shit was dope bro and you know it's got actions music in it and and all that shit so it's a very very great show and you want to know another reason why it's an awesome show another reason why it's an awesome show is because them motherfuckers smoke mad bud on there they are smoking all the time on that show bro and it is so lit um not too much like out there but no it's it's pretty out there but not like when i say that i mean it's not the whole show it's not like it's kind of like the way the podcast is it's just worked in but they're like talking about other shit they're doing other shit and they're just in every every episode getting stoned man they went to a glass makers shop actually uh up in washington up in washington and they were making glass there uh and he actually ended up making glass that where he can cook some clams in but in the glass it's called master glass excuse me i believe the store was called master glass and in there they would make all types of rigs and you know bowls and things of that nature uh it was it was it's dope man it really is it's such a great show and it's given diners driving and dives a run for his money now it's one of my favorite cooking shows you know, even even Guy Fieri, I mean, it can get a little bit old, it can get a little bit extra, but man, they are hit, they hit the spots, they hit the spots everywhere, and it's literally like food porn, like literally food porn, like it's, you you watch it, and you know you're probably never gonna have this stuff in your life, but it just looks so good on TV, and you just imagine it, and it's, it's, it's great, drivers, diners, excuse me, diners drive in and dives, 
y'all see the bowls smacking me already. Um, great show, but I think Fuck That's Delicious definitely has it over him at this point. Um, just everything is so great about the show, man. The the way cannabis is worked in, um, it's awesome. Like they really made me want to go up to Washington after wa- watching like one episode. So, shout out to Action Mayhem, Big Body, and Alchemist on a fucking outstanding show. But Action again, yo, Action Bronson is dope as hell. Dope as hell makes great music. And they're really out there showing the culture. Like they were they're out in like Morocco and shit like that, finding foods and vibing with different people, yo. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. It truly is. And I'm definitely gonna watch that. I'm definitely gonna watch it. I'm gonna keep watching it. I believe it's like thirty something episodes now, but they're all on Hulu. I'm definitely gonna try to get my girl hooked on it. Cause if I could get her to watch that with me, that's one more thing I could get on the TV that I wanna watch. So <laughs> we're going to, you know, keep keep fucking with that and we're going to take a hit for my boy Action and his outstanding fucking show. Fuck, that's delicious. I fucking love it. Bruh. I hit I hit this shit like a fucking dragon, bro. Shout out to the pipe. Pause. Okay, so what are we on to next, man? And what we're going to talk about next, I'm not going to spend too much fucking uh, breaking this down as much as I'm going to let you know my opinion on it. And this show was truly wild, and it was one of the first documentaries I watched um, when this whole quarantine thing started. And that's going to be the show Tiger King. Tiger King, man. And you guys all know it's about my nigga Joe Exotic, my boy Joe Exotic. Uh, and that nasty old Carol Baskin. Okay, so I'm not going to pick sides here. I know you guys might be expecting me to pick sides. Who was wrong? Who was right? What the hell? Th- Yo, this show is literally crazy. Um, Literally nuts. Literally, I think everyone on this show is guilty of something. Joe is definitely guilty of something. Carol is definitely guilty of something. Everyone else, everyone else, the helpers, you know, everyone's guilty except the the one person that lost something. Outside of the cats, you know, outside of the cats and all the animals, everyone is corrupt except the, and the one person that lost something out of all this, excuse me, the one person that lost something out of all this shit beside the, besides the cats is the is the shorty who lost her arm the shorty that lost her arm and the cats are the only ones that lost in this situation everyone else is just yo what what did my man dr umar say he said neanderthals a bunch of neanderthals and that's literally what i get from this documentary man these people are wild as shit like wild as shit with a bunch of wild ass animals why are all these damn tigers spread out across the United States in these little side zoos. And why are they being sold for so cheap? Why can I go get a tiger cub for $2,000? Yeah, that's less than some dogs, I'm pretty sure. Some of these fancy dogs can get up there in price. Why in the hell can I go on the black market and buy a baby tiger? I have enough money right now to buy a baby tiger. 
How is that even possible? And they are just, you know, buying these things, you know, letting them people pet them and then they get too old. They can't use them. They're fucking shooting them. Yeah, at the end of the day, it really goes. And Joe Exotic was a main the main person that shows this that money really can't corrupt you because once Joe got a little bit of bread, got a little bit of chicken, he, I feel like he truly not so much lost love for the animals, but he definitely started exploiting them more and it started making him making it making it about him. I mean, he was truly, truly a character. And, you know, Carol's not not any good in her own right. And she's attacking him and stuff like that. But what she does is just just as worse with volunteers. I mean, and we'll talk about what Joe did with his with his workers, but Carol with her volunteers, she is not slick, man. She's got people out there volunteering for ten hours a day. The cats and and her cats looked like they was in a worse situation than Joe's. I'm gonna be keep it real. Um, he definitely looked like, or she definitely looked like she her zoo was fucked up. I mean, these cats were in little cages and just if they want to get water, they had to go stick their head in a little hole. So it's a bunch. It's a show full of. Hub- hypocrisy um everyone's a hypocrite in this show carol especially is a hypocrite and joe is in jail right now because he went out of his way to to make sure that everyone knew that he wanted to kill her right before he tried to hire someone to kill her i've never seen someone more open to to you know more open to incriminating themselves for any type of murder than Joe Exotic, man, this man was shooting blow-up dolls, freaking threatening her, obviously, all across, said he was gonna put her fucking head in a jar, Joe, Joe, come on, Joe, now, you know damn well, if you're trying to get someone whacked, why in the world would you have all this com- all this content out there of you obviously wanting to kill her? Now, this dude is truly an idiot, and I feel like I just something's missing there with these people because he wanted her going that bad, and I feel like th- at the end of the day, it wasn't about the cats anymore. It was just people feuding and shit like that. Carol killed her damn husband. We all know she killed her damn husband. Everyone. She's the only one that could capitalize from it. So why wouldn't she kill her husband? She's ridiculous. Like I said, they're a bunch of Neanderthals, man. Everyone literally just corrupting this show. Uh, just lock them all up. And let's not even get to talk. One more thing I want to talk about before we get on from the show. One thing I am sure to talk about before this shit drops is Joe and his husband's. Everything's so fucked up between Joe, you know, feeding his workers old meat, making them work, you know, a million hours a week for only a hundred dollars. Joe is ridiculous, man. The husband part would had to be the craziest part because both of the, well, one of them, you know, if you watch the show, you know, you see one of them fully admits he's on the show. He's like, yeah, I was never gay. You know, I got girls all in high school and they were just methed up and so drugged up, I guess. He just keep feeding them drugs that these people just went along with it, man. To the point where the one the one uh young dude, you know, 
got caught up with him, ends up shooting himself on purpose or accident. I'm not quite sure, but that scene was also one of the craziest um, parts of the show. That scene was literally nuts. And the fact that they had all that on camera and just on camera enough to where you see just the dude's reaction to him, like, like shooting himself is like absolutely crazy. And I'm sorry if there's some spoiler alerts in here. Maybe I'm, maybe I should go back to the beginning of the episode when I'm editing this and let everyone know there's a shit ton of spoilers in here. Hey, but if you fucking with me, you know, keep on going. I'm not going to ruin too much. You know, you, you can go get your own vibes from these shows, but you know, Tiger King is goddamn crazy. Will it get out? I don't know. But they're supposed to be drop actually dropping another episode of it. So I'm, I'm going to touch back in next ep- next episode of this podcast after I've watched that. You know, we're going to check in because they're all really crazy. They're all nuts. One time for the Tiger King, Joe Exotic. Free that man. Free that man, Joe. If Joe going to be in jail, lock Carol up, too. Lock Carol up, too. They got to have some dirt on her for something. Her and her weird-ass husband. Take him to jail for wearing that goddamn tiger coat looking like the Flintstones. Yeah, fucking white people are crazy. Yo, shout-out to all the normal white people that watch this show, man. Your cousins and shit. Yeah, they're bugging out. But... Glad to have you guys on this side. All right. So the next show uh, that I've been watching that another documentary that I highly, highly recommend, man. Now, this one was probably my favorite documentary. This is a very, very good documentary that uh, I didn't. It's not getting as much hype as it should. It's not getting as much hype as it should. As much as everyone is talking about the Tiger King, this documentary was as crazy and affected so, so many more people than what the Tiger King did. And just the fact that this even happened was nuts. So how to fix a drug scandal. And that's on Netflix. How to fix a drug scandal. And now this whole whole documentary is basically about two two drug lab chemists up in Massachusetts. And you may ask, what's a what's a drug lab chemist? Um a drug lab chemist is uh for example, let's you know, put it in for example, the first, when I got arrested, when I got arrested, let's put it like that. When I got arrested, um did I have no, bad example. Bad example. I don't I didn't have drugs. I always got arrested for paraphernalia. Yo, if you're going out, keep the paraphernalia at home. Just keep the butt on. You don't need to grind your weed up in your car, man. Just, you know, if you if there's one time you got to finger bang the buds to get them into the blunt, just do it while you're in the whip. Don't take your grinder and all that extra shit with you. You don't need it. Don't bring your bowl. You don't need it. Trust me. Learn from my mistakes. That's why we're doing this, for you guys to learn from my mistakes. Don't bring the paraphernalia. But anyway... Uh, perfect example. So suppose someone is out on the streets and they're caught with a bag of what is perceived, perceived because, you know, you're not you're innocent until you're proven guilty. So I'm going to say that right now before we get to this, for those of you ha- that haven't seen it, if you get caught with a perceived bag of cocaine before you're found guilty, that 
bag of cocaine or any drug that you're caught with has to go to a drug lab in order to be tested, especially if you're fighting it. So first they have to determine, is this even a drug to be arrested on or anything like that? Right. So when you get to these labs, you have chemists and they're bench chemists, which is basically like a entry level, uh, entry level chemist, entry level chemist. Um, and they work in these drug labs to process these cases and test these drugs that put people into prison. Um, these are these are tests that are going back to court. Um, she had to testify plenty of times that these drugs were actual drugs. So this also goes to show that because I think this happened in, in the 2013, 2012, 2000, you know, 10, that, that time, this just goes to show that I wasn't paying attention to nothing in high school you know, outside of what I had to do regarding school and like sports and stuff like that. Cause the fact that this was going on at this time is absolutely wild. So it focuses on two lab chemists, bench chemists in Massachusetts, and they're going to be Sonia Farrick and Annie Dukin, Annie Dukin and Sonia Farrick. And we're going to start with Annie Dukin's ass, you know, first, because, you know, this is the lesser, I mean, they're, they're both fucking absolutely insane, but, uh, she, you'll see. You'll see. So Dukin was a chemist more in the Boston area as opposed or, you know, whatever eastern uh, Massachusetts is. She was more so that way while Farrick had like the uh, western side. And these are the two drug labs that can control controls all the drug cases um, in the state. So obviously these chemists are super goddamn overworked. And Dukin was one of the people that was processing cases at a super crazy rate. To the point where she would be there in the morning all the way at night. And what happens is, to make a long story short, um, what she was basically doing was grouping the samples, right? So she'll take a bunch of stuff that pretty much looks like it's the same shit, gather a bunch of stuff that looks like it's cocaine, gather a bunch of stuff that looks like fucking uh, methamphetamine, whatever, and she'd grab it, and instead of testing them all individually, she would test one and then run the rest of them through basically finding them all guilty and not only there she would go to the point where she was communicating with prosecutors to get certain cases done faster than the other faster than the other so i forget how they pretty much find out where her but I'm gonna leave that up to you guys to go watch. But she eventually, um, definitely gets caught. Um, they they are shocked. They are shocked by this case. They are shocked by this case. Um, you know they find her. They go through the process again. I'm gonna leave it up to you guys to go watch the documentary. But she eventually she goes to court. They they catch her, and. What happens is she only ends up getting pretty much a year in jail. And obviously, she's never going to work in a position like that again. Um, and she sent tens of thousands of people um, to jail uh, by, you know, not practicing good chemistry or whatever. I forget the word they called it, but, you know, pretty much tampering with evidence and you know, sending people to jail that may not have deserved to go to jail, that may not have deserved um, to go to jail, affected so many lives 
just because you're trying to get done faster. Like, these are people you're playing with. Like, oh, yo, this shit is shocking. And, it, and she was flirting with prosecutors and shit like that, just basically making herself, talking herself up. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous. This shit is nuts. Um, She eventually, she didn't even go to jail. She actually just got probation after everything was done with. Um, but you, you, yeah, you think this, that bitch is crazy? Excuse me. I don't mean to call her a bitch. She's a bitch. You think that bitch is crazy sending all them people to jail like that, man? Don't, don't let me get started on this woman, Sonia Farrick. All right. Now, Sonia was just basically an overachiever, but she did have some, a little bit of mental issues. They said she tried to, you know, hurt herself in like high school or whatever, but she made it all the way through college you know, got up to these bench chemist position to get started. And what happened was she ended up again, to make a long story short, she ended up trying drugs and she was literally getting high while she was at work with the drugs she was supposed to be testing, consuming samples of the standards. I think they're called standards of the drugs that they have like in the basement or excuse me, I'm in the basement. Here we go. We're starting to get smacked. We're going to take another hit. Um, just to, you know, we're getting smacked out here. Again, it's not a gun. Yeah, so she's basically out here using drugs and it all started with her wanting to just you know try something so she said she's gonna she's gonna try drugs she's gonna start with motherfucking meth she says let me start with motherfucking meth right so she tries the pure standard and the standard is what they use to uh compare the drug samples that they get with um an actual test so just to test to see if this is meth they'll use the sample and you know try it out so th she literally tries to drop a meth because that's all it took was 100 percent of you know liquid meth and she tried it and from there she was hooked uh she was doing drugs she was doing drugs from uh 2004 i believe it was all the way up until 2012 2013 um pretty much 10 years bro and it got to the point where she was running out of stuff like that meth that meth, um, liquid meth lasted her, like, I think it was, like, five years, like, five whole years, like, to the point where she's a drug addict, you know, outside of work now, and she's moving her way up to try different drugs, once she couldn't use the meth anymore, what'd she do? She went to coke, she tried LSD, she started cooking crack at her desk, how does this happen? How does this happen? Like, you think you're shocked at what Dukin was doing? She was, Farrakh was cooking crack. Now, this is amazing to me because I am definitely one of the people that will try to get over at work. I've had those jobs, you know, not now, but before I've had jobs where, you know, restaurant jobs where we're, you know, we're smoking weed while we're at work. You know, we're going to parking lot smoking blunts and shit like that, man, taking advantage of you know, figuring out a way so we don't get caught, you know, I've, I've hit smack the pen while I've been cooking behind the line, in the closet, 
going to the bathroom to smack the pen in the bathroom, waving my hand in the air so it doesn't get too vapey in there, just completely fried. Bro, I used to be, I don't even know if I was using like eye drops or anything at that time, bro. I was in there bugging out, bro. But we would cook some good ass food, man. We'd get smacked. But I know, I know what it's like to try to get around while you're at work and, you know, try to little work the system. But God damn, where the hell was anyone else at? Yo, where are your coworkers? You're cooking crack at your debt. Does no one smell this? Is there no one else in the building? And I believe they're on like the, the, no, was it Duke and that was on the UMass camp? Whatever. Yo, is there, is there anyone? You're cooking crack at your desk? You're smoking crack at work? Bruh, how the, how does this happen? Yo, she went on to fuck up tons of cases if not more than dukin she did this for 10 years 10 years of going to work and getting smacked and fried off of meth and coke did she not want to try weed yo all the weed samples you get in there bro you go smack that motherfucker once in your car go instead of cooking that crack rock go get some of that weed i guarantee you you're not going to want to go try coke or or meth the fact that she jumped all the way up to meth on the first try is just amazing to me. And it's just a Neanderthal thing. I know in 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 the um documentary they tried to make it seem like she wasn't a drug user before, but there has got to be some some sort of drug use before that. Cause there's no way you're trying the first drug and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna try motherfucking meth. That's gonna be the first thing I do. But again, she was a chemist, so I don't know. Those type of people think differently. But Yo, so she ends up doing a little bit under two years in pr- in prison, white privilege because I'm I'm sure a ton of the people that she convicted, um, did much more time than that. Uh, but once it got around to it, a lot of the people that she affected had actually already served their term. So, you know, they did their time, but I mean, they get it off the record at the end. But you lose, you know valuable time of your life man so that shit is just absolutely insane cooking crack i'm sorry i just gotta keep saying it cooking crack god damn cooking crack man yo they 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 went on to mess up over 40,000 about 40,000 they said 38 about 38,000 cases man 38,000 cases um so their names are in and out the court system bro I, it's it's ridiculous that they didn't do more time than that they should have at least had to do it they should have had to do the max time that one of them one of the people they convicted that's what they should have had had to do if shit didn't matter that much to them they yeah that shit is crazy could you imagine could you imagine going to jail? And then the fact that they weren't even investigating what Farrakh had. Dude, they, it took forever for them to actually come clean and actually had to make sure that she that she could tell us this story because she was featured in the documentary. Um, or her in court, she was. But to tell her story, they had to grant her immunity. And she went and told, man, she went back 10 years. She broke down the whole story, bro. Shit is ridiculous, yo. It that's one I highly, highly recommend, yo. How does how to f- 
fix a drug scandal on Netflix. Very well put together. Um, just goes to show how corrupt a system can be, man. For real. It's ridiculous. So, what we're going to end up on, man, and I'm glad I get to talk about this one last. And I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to summarize this one because this one has been out a bit longer. Uh, you guys know how I feel about the show. You probably already, um, you know, if you know anything about me, I love this show. Let's put it like that. Uh, so, let's say this. We are going to talk about Insecure. Yes, yes. And I saved this one for last because... This, this show brings up a lot of good points, and this is the only show that's going to ever make me argue with a woman that is at, not my girlfriend. I will argue to the death over Insecure, man. Team Lawrence, Lawrence Hive. Uh, yeah, so Insecure, it's a show by Issa Rae, um, starring Issa, Issa, who actually plays herself, and uh, Jay Ellis, he plays Lawrence, and a bunch of their friends, a bunch of other people. It's basically a show about her. She ends it up all the way back in season one. I believe they're on the third or fourth season now, but... Uh, we're going to talk about it. They just had the season premiere on Sunday. But, you know, back in season one, um, they're basically a couple, Issa and Lawrence. And uh, Lawrence is played by Jay. I don't know if I said that. But Issa and Lawrence, they're basically a couple. And she ends up cheating on him. And then they basically follow their lives from there. But it brings up a lot of good points and a lot of good talking points um, about, you know, the not only the black community, but how we handle relationships and it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. And again, I, I'll argue about this shit to death, man. I believe I believe Issa. Let's just get this out the way. I believe Issa should have just left him. If she was going to do what she did with the dude, Daniel, man, she would have just left him. If you're in a relationship where you feel like you're going to cheat, just break up, bro. Break up. If you're already at that point, just do it. And I understand there's financial terms sometimes, but yo. If, 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 if you're, if you're not thinking about that while you're cheating, you know, then if the financial situation isn't going to stop you from cheating, does it really matter? Like, yeah, y'all find y'all way. But anyway, yeah. So I, like I said, I'm not going to summarize it. I think Issa was wrong. Uh, I don't believe I, she's great. Like she's great on the show. She's fucking funny. Um, and she is working to get herself back together. Um, but I'm definitely team Lawrence, team Lawrence Hive. And just to talk about the last, the season premiere, um, in general, it brought up a few, um, good topics and it, and it really shows, um, the show, excuse me, not just the, the recent season premiere, but the show just shows really good moments, um, of different things. And one thing I was catching on to before we get to the, uh, season premiere was in an older episode, um, and it, it channels the male ego in a few different ways. I'm going to break down two different things that happened in the past that really, um, stuck out to me as far as how the show's, go, the show goes. And it's two separate scenes. Um, one scene is the first time, uh, the first time Lawrence figures out that she's cheating on him and they interact. Um, again, outside the bar, um, during the dinner party outside the restaurant. And then another scene is with a Parna, who is Lawrence's, uh, girlfriend at the time. Um, so the first scene and so the first scene where he finds out and then the other scene 
um, when they're outside of the dinner party. Um, it brings it brings in a good a good idea of like the male the male ego, right? So he he finds out he gets cheated on. He find out he gets cheated on, and then the one thing I notice is yo he asks a whole bunch of different questions, right? He'll ask a whole bunch of different questions. Um, did you do it multiple times? You know, where was it at? Blah blah blah. And it's always funny to me because you know if you get cheated on, the odds of that working out again is pretty much slim to none. So it's just so funny to me, especially now because they they end up splitting. They never get back together, at least at this point. Um, it's funny to me because it's like, yo, you're asking all these questions as guys. We ask all these questions. And does it really matter? Is it really going to change our opinion? Um, I Is it for closure? Like, what is it for? Like, he's like, you fucked him? How many times you fucked him? You know what I mean? Like, does it really make a difference? It's like either way you're leaving, either way you're walking out the crib tonight. So why ask? Like, why as men do we ask and want to know the full scene? I think for me personally, I think it's just, I guess, to get the picture out of your head. If you know exactly what happened, it doesn't leave your mind to wonder. So I guess that's a little bit of closure. It's just something I find extremely hilarious. Like, yo, he's asking all these questions. And, you know, if I was in his situation, I would too. I would ask all those questions too, but what am I going to do at the end of the day? Like, yo, I'm out. (laughs) Like, like he was, he was out. Like it didn't make a difference. And then for him to catch her outside of the dinner party again and him ask, ask again, like, you still, you still fucking him. You feel me? Like, and she's right. She's like, why does that matter? And it really doesn't. But as men, why does we have to know? Like Lawrence literally just walked in with a whole girl, um, a partner, and she's so, yo, a partner's so cool, yo. I really, I really wanted them to uh, stick together. I was really rooting for her. I feel like we really didn't get too much of explanation of how they ended. Um, they just argued at that one scene, and that's the last that we've seen of them. Um, but, yo, she was so dope, man, for going to that dinner um, and hailing herself, yo. And nobody wanted, nobody was fucking with her there pretty much, yo. He was trying to make her feel comfortable. She dealt with their remarks. And she even went outside after Lawrence just snapped asked if he was good and walked off didn't care that he followed his ex outside uh to the sidewalk yo look listen i know it's tv but i'm pretty positive if i go running outside the restaurant with my ex or to my ex while my girlfriend is there it's not gonna end well and a partner played it so well and so cool Yo, she slid out the perfect time. She was like, you good? He said, I'm good. And then they just walked off holding hands. And, you know, that was a win for Lawrence, man. That was a win for the Lawrence Hive. And such a great scene, man. The acting in the show is just absolutely outstanding. But, yeah, just brings up these roles. And then the scene uh, with Aparna. So you guys know, um, if you watch the show, that Aparna, and excuse me, I'm butchering the name. I'm 90% sure it's Aparna. The scene with a partner, you guys all know that Lawrence has some trust issues, obviously, from being cheated on. And this is what um, I believe Issa was showing when she was writing the show, um, that how that can affect, uh, especially a man, and how his boys can get into his head after all this shit that he's already been through, right? So I guess she had relations with one of the co-workers in the office. Now, this is messy. Messy. Can't be dating around the office. This is why you don't shit where you eat, people. Don't shit where you eat. Um, 
so yeah so he she's telling him about how it was just a little fling or whatever um and she'd be la- and he no lawrence can't help but notice that she just laughing at all of his jokes just laughing at all of his jokes and he's like yo is he really that motherfucking funny like is he really that funny and in his head in one of the scenes he's literally in his head thinking about how he's at work and he she he sees her laughing at all his jokes and whatnot so it's truly getting to him and then he goes to talk to his boys and his boys are like now nah, you gotta mm, fuck that cut that down they was messing around and now she's laughing and all that shit nope and as his man's put it he was like it's just a bunch of extra dick around just a bunch of extra dick around just unnecessary and it's just so funny that lauren actually gets in head lawrence gets into his head to the point where they end up getting into the argument that we see at the end of uh the last season and or the end of the first season whatever season it was i'm sorry my timeline's all messed up but they end up getting to the argument at the end of that season and then we never see her again um so it just really showed how insecure lawrence was you know insecure uh, after he was cheated on man and it sucks bro to really see how it can kill relationships it can kill egos man because he was truly on his way up and i really feel like him and a partner were really good for each other really really good for each other so i was also going to talk about one more thing but i think i'm going to leave that out man um insecure is a really great show um, i'm pushing the time a little bit here i'm going to let you guys go on this one uh insecure how to fix a drug how to fix a drug scandal can't forget tiger king and then honestly one of my new favorites fuck that's delicious and then the honorable mention dave man all of our bunch of shows that i've been watching and all are very outstanding i recommend all of them i recommend all of them uh and let me know what you think man let me know what you think you guys go watch this shit get at me at me on twitter send me a dm and let me know what you think of the show because it is absolutely insane and on that note i'm gonna get on out of here you guys know what it is it is your boy another episode down doug another episode down doug that's what you can call me at the end of these episodes man back half of the five minutes five minute the last five minutes excuse me of the episode is another episode down doug But thank you guys as always. You know what it is. It is your boy James King, a.k.a. Dougie. And it's been a session with Dougie.